0: You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer www.citr.ca. Stay tuned for The Jazz Show coming right up right now. We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and this being the month of March, we are paying tribute musically on our jazz features this month to the music of the one and only Thelonious Sphere Monk. Thelonious Monk, great iconic pianist, composer, and mover and shaker of jazz music. We're also uh, a little later on in the show going to be featuring some artists that have been nominated for the prestigious Juno Awards in the uh, jazz category. And we've got uh, some interesting music to play for you uh, later on in the show after the jazz feature. And um, like that. So, plus, a lot more music as well. So, from a whole variety of sources. But back to Thelonious Monk. We have been featuring all month, um, all every Monday uh, on our show, a jazz feature with the music of Monk. And significant recordings by Thelonious Monk. Now, I have to state right from the get-go that this is one of my most favorite Monk recordings. There's a variety of reasons. It's hard for me to uh, explain without getting uh, even more verbose than I usually am uh, why I like this album. But um, this was a very significant album in Monk's career, and of course uh, it is one of the finest albums that he did for his classic Riverside period when he recorded for that label. And so much of Monk's music, uh, people go back to those recordings, including this one, uh, to hear the essence of Thelonious Monk. Um, he's discovering music. This is a, a, an album that is both looking back in Monk's music and moving forward at the same time. And to explain that uh, is kind of difficult until you hear the music. But interestingly enough, there are two great tenor saxophonists on here, Coleman Hawkins and John Coltrane. So if Coleman Hawkins represents uh, the past, he was one of the very first major band leaders to actually ever hire Thelonious Monk as a pianist. And it, they actually recorded together uh, back in 1944, and um, so Col- and Coleman Hawkins was also the father of jazz tenor saxophone. He was one of he was the first major artist uh, and style setter on that specific instrument, much like Louis Armstrong was the first great soloist on the trumpet. So Coleman Hawkins g- goes back a long time, and he's sort of the old man on this session. This was recorded in 1957. The other saxophone player is a gentleman that I'm sure everybody knows. His name is John Coltrane. And, of course, Coltrane represents the future of jazz. So, in a way, this, this album is kind of a, a microcosm of that. Now, Orrin Keep News very savvy man. He was the head of Riverside Records. And, of course, he had signed Monk to a contract and was given the difficult task of getting Thelonious Monk to make recordings. <laughs> now, Keep News was no dummy. Even though he was a self-taught record producer, he, he, he learned on the job. Most of the jazz, great jazz record producers did learn on the job. But um Keep News was smart. He always booked two days in the the recording studio. He didn't pay for rehearsals uh, the way Blue Note Records did, but he did book two days uh, in the studios, and it wasn't cheap to book recording studios, of course. Um, It was an expense and uh, a major expense of these small independent record companies. So he was smart, especially with someone like Monk, because you never knew what was going to happen. Now, this date was planned. There was a lot of enthusiasm behind it by Thelonius himself, and he picked all the people involved. And the people involved was his favorite trumpet player, Ray Copeland, and an alto saxophonist who was a wonderful composer and arranger in his own right who worked with Monk uh, occasionally when Monk got uh, gigs, which wasn't very often, actually, in those days, uh, was the alto player's Gigi Grice. And then, of course, I mentioned the two tenor saxophone players, Coleman Hawkins and John Coltrane. Monk's favorite bass player was an emigre from Chicago, a self-taught bassist, one of the greatest bass players of all time, Wilbur Ware. On drums was one of Monk's best friends and one of the most dynamic, diverse, and fascinating drummers in jazz music, and that was Art Blakey. That was the lineup, so this was great, and there there were plans, and uh, Gigi Grice said that he would uh, uh, assist Monk in in writing charts for this seven-piece band, and everything seemed to be on the up and up, and so it was time for the first studio session on june 25th 1957 monk seemed a little off he was late all the musicians were there monk showed up late uh he didn't seem to be in a particularly good mood or didn't even look enthusiastic but they ran down a couple of tunes um in in the form of a rehearsal and monk looked at uh the guys in the band, and Orrin Keepnews, the producer, and said, "You know, I really don't feel like playing. Would you call me a cab?" Uh, yeah. So there was there wasn't much he could do. Monk had stated his case. He wasn't. Uh, f- he didn't feel like playing. Um, he wasn't ready. He wanted to go home nothing nothing Orin Keep News could do and uh, a couple of the musicians tried to coax him a little bit and of course Thelonious had already made up his mind so they called him a cab and Monk was gone meanwhile a lot of studio time had been eaten up with nothing going on so to kind of salvage the time Orin Keep News asked Gigi Gryce the alto saxophonist to write uh, a little tune for the sextet and have them play on a 12-bar blues, and he would record that, and he did. And we're gonna hear that after the jazz feature. It's a very interesting piece of music. So he was, uh, uh, Keep News was able to salvage this long track, and he put it on, later on, um, he put it on a a compilation um, of uh, recording that he did for the label. So he kind of saved the day that way. Now, the following evening, as I mentioned before, Keep News always booked two days. The following evening was booked in the studio. Monk showed up before any of the other musicians. He was raring to go. Um, He showed up early. He sat down at the piano, uh, warmed up. He was doing his his monk-like exercises. The musicians arrived one by one and all gathered in their places and... Monk was ready to go, and everything was done on the evening of June 26, 1957, and uh, everything went very, very smoothly, and that's what we're going to hear, this particular recording. The recording came out, and it was called Monk's Music, and it had a very iconic cover. I can't Uh, describe it but well I'm sure a lot of people have seen this cover it's it's wonderful Monk is sitting on a little uh radio flyer red wagon uh looking at some music and he's got a little hat a little sports car hat on and uh his sunglasses and (laughs) it's a great it's a wonderful cover anyway that's the uh uh, the uh, sort of a sidebar on this whole thing now it's very interesting the music here. Um there are actually features for everybody. This is not a perfect recording session but the intensity and and the dedication of everyone to really make this count uh this music count makes this recording um this is why it's it's really one of my very favorite recordings. Everything is so uh spontaneous uh and and yet it's, it's all extremely well organized. Monk is a wonderful uh, um, organizer. And there's a couple of, as I mentioned, it's not without its flaws. There's a couple of uh, um, entrances here by Coleman Hawkins, who, who isn't sure when to come in, a couple of little false starts. But when, once he gets settled into his solos, Coleman Hawkins is so strong in this music and uh, really delivers. And the rhythm section helps them out uh, uh, to get them oriented. It's some really interesting musical moments here that just happen right off the top of everybody's head. So this is where this recording is at. It captures something that um, is magical. It begins, very interestingly enough, with a hymn. Scored for the four horns. It's just the four horn players, and they play a hymn that was written by an Englishman named William H. Monk. Monk, I I have heard, I I can't verify this, but apparently this was his favorite hymn. Now don't forget Monk did play for a few years. Um, with uh, a group of uh, church people, Holy Rollers, in his early days. So he is kind of familiar with church repertoire and music and so on. And uh, this is probably quite true. This was his favorite hymn. Uh, And, of course, the irony, Monk, of course, had a great sense of humor. The irony of this was that it was written by sometime way back in the 17th century by a guy named William H. Monk. (laughs) So there you go. Anyway, that's what we open with, and, and this kind of sets the whole album up, and then the first long tune is heard, and that's a version of one of Monk's classic tunes, Well, You Needn't, and every solo on here has has some great moments. Um, uh, Coltrane's solo is absolutely unbelievable, and the band builds a fire under, under John Coltrane, But everyone else solos so wonderfully on this very lengthy piece. It's about 12 minutes long. Well, you needn't. Then we're going to hear a feature for just Coleman Hawkins and the rhythm section. And that's his beautiful rendition of one of Monk's great ballads, Ruby, My Dear, written for Monk's first love, a young lady named Ruby, before he met his wife Nellie. Then we're going to hear a wonderful Monk composition called Off Minor with the whole sextet, septet. And then we're going to go into uh, a lengthy, another lengthy version uh, of a Monk tune that he uses uh, or used for many, many years as his uh, closing theme song. And it's a tune called Epistrophe. And he wrote that way back in 1942, one of his early compositions. So this goes with the the music looking back and also looking forward. And the final tune has no improvisation at all. It's never had improvisation. It's a beautiful melody uh, played by Monk on piano and, and um, the horns all together. And it was written for Monk's wife, Nellie. And it's called Crepuscule with Nellie. Very, very beautiful ballad. And that's how the album ends. So, that's it. We're going to get into the music, and I think it's, this is one of the most significant of all Thelonious Monk albums. So, once again, the personnel, Thelonious Monk on piano. On trumpet, Ray Copeland. On alto saxophone, Gigi Grice. On tenor saxophones, Coleman Hawkins and John Coltrane. On bass, Wilbur Ware. On drums, Art Blakey. And we begin with the hymn, Abide With Me.
1: (音楽) ¶¶ (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. Thank you.
0: And that's it. Our jazz feature this evening, Monk's Music, one of his most significant albums. It um, got five stars in uh, Downbeat magazine, and the reviewer, Dom Sorelli, said this, uh, to date, the best cross-section of what Monk is doing today with a group. Um, This is one to play again and again with no diminution of pleasure or of discovery. Very nice. And you heard it. Right here on The Jazz Show, it was, um, as I mentioned before, producer Oren Keepnews, the owner of Riverside Records, was a pretty smart fella. And um, he understood uh, some of the psychology of the way musicians sometimes work. And um, as I mentioned before, June 25th was the date that this was supposed to take place, and all the players showed up. Monk showed up. Um, he obviously wasn't in the best of moods, and they attempted a couple of uh, uh, tunes, and Monk kind of cut them off and uh, uh, kinda got up from the piano and said, um, uh, I don't really, I'm i not really into it tonight. Um, would you call me a cab? I want to go home. <laughs> so poor old Keep News was uh, stuck with um, a great group of musicians. Studio time had was winding down, and he was seeing money flying out the window because it cost money, of course, to rent, to rent a studio, engineer, all that other kind of stuff, and uh, nothing was recorded. So he uh, got Gigi Grice, the alto saxophonist, he says, you put together something um, quick. Uh, for the band, and um, we'll do like a really hip 12-bar blues. And uh, let's play it as long as you guys feel like playing it. And Keep News turned on the recording machines, and it was recorded. We're going to hear that in a very few minutes. This was the night before. The following evening, June 26th, was when the album was recorded. Monk, as I mentioned before, showed up early and was warming up at the piano before any of the musicians arrived. And this was very unusual for Monk because he was one of those people that was always late. And uh, he was there early, um, raring to go. And of course, the musicians all drifted in, set up their instruments, tuned up, and made this album in just a few hours. And of course, it's one of the most significant of Thelonious Monk albums. And I, I mentioned before, I have to be very biased it's one of my all-time favorite Monk albums and um, it really it was given as I mentioned before critical praise Um, uh, people it sold extremely well and it really was pointing at the future of Thelonious Monk because he uh, things were really looking up in his life he he got his cabaret card back which allowed him to work in um, clubs in New York that served alcohol, and they all did. Um, So that was good. Uh, His legal problems were over. Um, He was forming his quartet, a, a permanent working band, not just an occasional one, a permanent one, with John Coltrane, bassist Wilbur Ware, and drummer Shadow Wilson, and of course, they played all summer in 1957 at a place called the Five Spot. So this album was kind of a prelude uh, to all of this, and um, it it was an upturn in Monk's life um, creatively, spiritually, and financially. So, the music that we heard, we opened with uh, a piece of music, was scored for just the four horns, And it was a beautiful rendition of an old hymn called Abide with Me. And Monk um, apparently said that this was his favorite hymn. The reason he may have said this was it was written by a gentleman, an Englishman named William H. Monk. So that might have been the reason why it was Thelonious' favorite hymn. Anyway, Uh, It was a great opener, and it kind of sets the stage for the first long tune, which was a wonderful version of Monk's Well You Needn't, played by the sextet, played by the septet, sorry. And uh, tune uh, number three, actually, after Abide With Me and Well You Needn't, was uh, a feature for the great Coleman Hawkins on tenor saxophone, and he performed with just um, Monk, Wilbur Ware and Art Blakey, and they played one of Monk's beautiful ballads, Ruby, My Dear. Then the septet was back for Monk's composition entitled Off Minor, and after that we heard another extended piece of music, um, a piece that Monk wrote back in 1942 called Epistrophe, and of course that is a tune that Monk always used as his um, set-closer. And we heard this extended version of the tune with the whole band. And the final tune was the only brand new tune uh, on this recording date, written for his devoted wife, Nellie. And uh, there's no improvisation on the tune. It's always been played this way. And, of course, this was the first version of Crepuscule with Nellie, ending the album on a quiet note. The people involved here, of course, Thelonious Monk on piano, Ray Copeland on trumpet, Gigi Grice on alto saxophone, two tenor saxophonists, one from the past, one from the future, Coleman Hawkins and John Coltrane. On bass, the great Wilbur Ware, and on drums, the mighty Art Blakey. June 26, 1957, a historic date, Monk's Music, our jazz feature. Now, we haven't quite finished with the band Um, before we proceed with the rest of the show, I'd just like to tell you uh, before we do this that you are listening to the jazz show. We've just finished with the jazz feature. Um, We're on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And my name's Gavin Walker. Now we're going to uh, return to the day before. We're going to hear this tune, uh, which preserved um, the, um, so kind of saved the day after the, the first non-productive recording session. Recorded on June 25th, after Monk went home, um, as I mentioned before, Orrin Keep News appealed to Gigi Grice to write a tune, and they did this extended 12-bar blues. And uh, it was released a few years after on a Riverside compilation album called blues for tomorrow so that's what we're going to hear and the same band with of course Gigi Grice on alto saxophone he composed the little line takes the first solo uh Ray Copeland on trumpet Coleman Hawkins and John Coltrane on tenor saxophones um Wilbur Ware on bass and Art Blakey on drums and of course no Thelonious Monk on piano just um No piano at all, but it's very interesting what Art Blakey does here. He kind of fills in for uh, what a piano would do. You listen to his very creative playing on this piece. So here we go. We're going to hear blues for tomorrow. The Riverside All-Stars. And that was the night before, (laughs) after Monk left and went home. The band uh, recorded that uh, one-shot piece called Blues for Tomorrow. And, of course, everyone played uh, just great on it. And uh, it was called Blues for Tomorrow, obviously, because um, everyone was hoping that Monk would be in a much better uh, uh, frame of mind to do the recording he was supposed to do and he as it turned out he was obviously and that's what we heard on the jazz feature so this was from the the day before and uh we heard ray copeland on trumpet the two tenor saxophonists of course coleman hawkins and john coltrane we heard gigi grice on alto saxophone who put the, together that little arrangement and composition Wilbur Ware on bass and Art Blakey on drums. Blues for tomorrow. Next week on the Jazz Feature will be our final uh, presentation of a very significant recording by Thelonious Monk. And we'll be doing Thelonious Monk at Town Hall. The Thelonious Monk Orchestra at Town Hall. Actually, more properly, it will be the Thelonious Monk Quartet, then the Thelonious Monk Orchestra. So uh, we'll be hearing some great recordings uh, from the first part of the concert by the his working quartet at the time, and then uh, the rest of the concert will be with this uh, Thelonious Monk Orchestra. A very famous recording, and uh, a very significant recording in monk's career. Thelonious Monk Orchestra at Town Hall. That's going to be next week and our final jazz feature for the month of March, Thelonious Monk Month. On the jazz show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer www.citr.ca. And... My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be back in a very few moments. We have a few significant announcements, and we're going to come back with some uh, trumpet music with two of the masters, Dizzy Gillespie and Roy Eldridge, together with the great Oscar Peterson on piano and some other folks. And we'll be right back with that right after these messages. you're a member of CITR and Discorder, but are you a true friend?
1: Get a Friends of CITR and Discorder card for $20 for discounts in Kitsilano and around UBC at
0: On the Fringe Hair Design, Rufus Guitar Shop, Stormcrow Ale House, The Bike Kitchen, UBC Bookstore, Australian Boot Company, and so many more.
1: Museum of Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of indigenous art from around the world, and guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. There's a lot to take in. Luckily at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources.
0: We certainly had a beautiful weekend, and today was pretty acceptable. Lovely. Uh, Tonight, partly cloudy and then completely clouding over with a low of 4. And then tomorrow, cloudy with a 40% chance of a shower with a low of 4 and a high of 11. And, of course, tomorrow night around 9.15 is the switch. We're going to move right into the first day of spring. Mm Mm-hmm. And on Wednesday, (laughs) the first day of spring, well, the prelude, right? Periods of rain uh, with a low of 6 and a high of 8. So we have to, I guess, have something to uh, get the flowers growing and all that sort of stuff. Thursday is pretty well the same uh, forecast. Rain with a low of 5 and a high of 6. A little cooler, huh? Uh, Friday is showers with a low of 3 and a high of 8. And the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, is cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 2 and highs up to about 10. That's the weekend. So that's the week's outlook for the weather here in wonderful, expensive old Vancouver. Somebody said, yeah, we can't even afford to drive cars anymore. Well, anyway, that's a whole other story. Here's some great music that's a lot of fun featuring two giants of the trumpet. And interestingly enough, we heard um, earlier on with the uh, Thelonious Monk jazz feature, we heard the father of the tenor saxophone, Coleman Hawkins, and then someone who was, uh, of course, the future of that instrument um, in those days was John Coltrane. Well, interestingly enough, the predecessor... Um, of Dizzy Gillespie was a man named Roy Eldridge. Roy Eldridge came up in the 30s and one of the, mo- one of the most powerhouse trumpet players, and he was a great influence on so many trumpet players, especially Dizzy Gillespie. Later on in life, they became really good friends, really close, and um, uh, even though Eldridge was older than, than Dizzy, um, they just had a, a great love for one another, and, and they recorded Um, several times, and of course they toured with uh, Norman Grants' Jazz at the Philharmonic as well, and really enjoyed each other's company. And you'll hear on this record, which is done, they were getting on in years, 1975 this record was recorded, with uh, Oscar Peterson at the piano, in great form, of course. Ray Brown on bass, Oscar Peterson never played anything less than good, unbelievably consistent performer, Ray Brown on bass, and some really fine drumming by one of my favorites, Philadelphia-born Mickey Roker on drums. Here's a tune that the the two trumpet players put together, and uh, it's called Quasi Boogaloo. We heard two tunes. The first one featured a couple of great trumpeters, Dizzy Gillespie and Roy Eldridge. Roy being the older of the two, and of course Dizzy was on fire on this one that we heard. It was called Quasi Boogaloo, and uh, that featured Oscar Peterson at the piano, Ray Brown on bass, and some great drumming by Philadelphian Mickey Roker. Then we heard two dueling tenor saxophone players, Gene Ammons, who soloed first, and Sonny Stitt, and both with um, very distinctive sounds and approaches, uh, backed up by a really fine band with uh, Chicagoan George Freeman on guitar, Leon Spencer on the Hammond organ, and the great Idris Mohammed on drums. And that was a tune... um, the riff tune, written by Leon Spencer, the uh, organ player, called You Talk That Talk, and that's from the Prestige album, same title, Gene Ammons and Sonny Stitt, You Talk That Talk. Mm-hmm. You are listening to The Jazz Show. We broadcast from radio station CITR right out here at the University of British Columbia, and... We're situated on unceded Musqueam territory out here, and we broadcast on FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. As as everyone knows, the Junos are coming to Vancouver. There will be all kinds of music played all over the city, and, of course, um, Especially CBC is uh, uh, doing such a tribute to uh, the Juno Awards. So, we're going to do our small tribute and play some uh, albums that have been nominated uh, in the jazz categories of the Juno Awards. And the uh, first one is a um, really, really fine Cuban piano player who lives in Toronto. His name is Hilario Duran. And uh, this is a very fine album recorded with a whole bunch of uh, different people, and it's called Quantum Bao. And this album has been nominated as Jazz Album of the Year Solo. And we're going to hear two tunes from this album, um, the title track and uh, um, a track to follow called uh, Guajira, 2016. So here are, here is the title track, Contumbau and Guajira, 2016, both written by pianist Hilario Duran uh, from his album, uh, Contumbau, and it's, as I said, been nominated for a Juno Award for Jazz Album of the Year, Solo. Here we go. We heard two tracks from an album that has been nominated for the Juno Award. Hilario Duran, a great pianist, composer, arranger, who has resided in Toronto for many, many years. And this is an album called uh, Quantum Ball, And it features uh, Hilarion, of course, uh, Hilario (laughs) on piano. And... uh, Jorge Chicoe on guitar, we heard him solo on both pieces. And uh, the music we heard, we heard the title track, Contumbao, written by Hilario. And um, uh, Guajira, 2016, also written by Hilario Duran. So just a sample of this uh, wonderful album, uh, very definitely in the spirit of uh, uh, Cubano jazz and nominated for a Juno Award this year for Jazz Album of the Year Solo. Another album that has been uh, in the same category is by a great bass player who also lives in Toronto, Mike Downs. And it features someone who lived here in Vancouver and was a huge part of um, our jazz scene here. I had lots of uh, great times um, playing music with... uh, this gentleman, and of course uh, he played with just about everybody here in Vancouver. He was one of the first call guitar players. I'm talking about Ted Quinlan. And Ted uh, sometimes makes uh, visits out to Vancouver, Um, but he is on this album, Ted Quinlan on guitar, and one of the finest keyboard players in the whole country. He has uh, been... Uh, nominated and won Juno Awards in past uh, under his own name. And he's a sideman on this date. Robbie Botos on piano and keyboards. And on drums, a fabulous drummer by the name of Larnell Lewis. So Mike Downs, the leader on bass, Ted Quinlan on guitar, Robbie Botos on piano and keyboards, and Larnell Lewis on drums. All these compositions are by Mike Downs. And this album is called Root. Structure, and it's uh, been issued on Addo Records, and again, it's nominated for Jazz Album of the Year, Solo, and we're going to hear two pieces from this album. Uh, this first one is called Momentum, and the second piece of music is called Heart of the Matter. So here then from Mike Down's album, Root Structure, here is the Music. We heard two selections from this Juno-nominated album for Jazz Album of the Year, Solo. Uh, This one was by bassist Mike Downs, and we heard two of his compositions, and his band included, of course, uh, Mike on bass, the great Ted Quinlan on guitar, and Robbie Botos on piano and Larnell Lewis on drums. And we heard Momentum and Heart of the Matter. And this is from uh, Mike Downs' Addo album, Addo Records, A-D-D-O, and the album is called Root Structure, Mike Downs. And it's been, as I said, nominated for Jazz Album of the Year, Solo. Now we're going to hear one which has been nominated as Jazz Album of the Year group. So that's the other category. And this one is by Andrew Downing. And Andrew Downing plays the cello, and he's assembled a band which includes the wonderful Tara Davidson on alto saxophone, Michael Davidson on vibraphone, uh, Christine Boogie on lap steel guitar, or Boogie on lap steel guitar. Paul Matthew on bass guitar, and Nick Fraser on drums, and there are some tracks with uh, Rebecca Hennessy on trumpet, and William Carn on trombone. We're going to hear the, this, this is a double album by Andrew Downing, and it's called Otterville, and we're going to hear two pieces of music uh, from this album, um, both compositions by Andrew Downing. We may hear even more. We may hear three pieces of music. Um, As a matter of fact, we are. We're gonna hear this one called This Year's Fancies, um, followed by Head Start, and the third tune is entitled Parade. So three tunes from this Juno-nominated album, Otterville, with cellist Andrew Downing and his group. We heard three pieces by Andrew Downing. He's a cellist and the leader of that ensemble. And this is uh, from an album which has been nominated for Jazz Album of the Year group for the Juno Awards. There are two categories here. Um, Jazz Album of the Year solo, and we heard a couple of uh, albums from that, or a couple of examples from albums from that. And uh, this is um, another category, close, but Jazz Album of the Year group. And so we heard three tracks from this double CD set by Andrew Downing and his uh, ensemble. The album is called Otterville. And the three compositions are by Andrew, and it featured uh, Mr. Downing on cello, Tara Davidson on alto saxophone, Michael Davidson on vibraphone, Christine Bougie on laptop steel guitar, and Paul Matthew on bass guitar, Nick Fraser on drums, Rebecca Hennessy on trumpet, and William Carn on trombone. And the three tunes we heard, the first one was entitled This Year's Fancies, the second tune was entitled Head Start, and the third tune was entitled Parade. Andrew Downing. Next on the agenda is an album called Murphy, and that's by the Karn Davidson Nonette, nine-piece band. William Karn is, of course, a marvelous trombone player and composer. And uh, his wife, um, Tara Davidson, is uh, uh, one of the finest uh, saxophone players in the country. So we're going to hear, so this is their combined uh, band, and it uh, has some of the great uh, players from the... Toronto area. The album is called Murphy, the Carn Davidson Nine, a nonet with uh, Tara Davidson on alto saxophone, flute, clarinet, soprano, um, Kelly Jefferson on tenor saxophone, soprano saxophone, and clarinet, Perry White, who was from Vancouver, um, has been in Toronto for many years playing baritone saxophone and bass clarinet. Uh, Jason Logue on trumpet and flugelhorn, Kevin Turcott on trumpet and flugelhorn, William Carn on trombone, Alex Duncan on bass trombone, Andrew Downing, once again, on bass, and Ernesto Cervini on drums. And we're going to hear two tunes from this album uh, entitled Murphy. The first tune uh, is a composition by William Carn, and it's called Try Again, and the second tune is written by um, Williams' wife, Tara Davidson. She composed and arranged a tune inside, entitled Murphy's Law. So this is from the album Murphy, The Carn Davidson Nine. Nominated for a Juno for Jazz Album of the Year Group. two tracks from this wonderful album entitled simply Murphy. And that was the Karn-Davidson Nine, a non And the two compositions, uh, the first one was entitled Try Again. It was written by trombonist William Karn, one of the co-leaders of this band. And the second tune was written by his wife, Tara Davidson. And uh, that was called Murphy's Law. And on both of those tunes... We heard some great solos. Um, The first one on Try Again, uh, the baritone saxophonist, was Perry White, originally from Vancouver. Um, He played um, many years with uh, Hugh Fraser in the uh, Veggie Band and then moved on to uh, Toronto. Perry White on baritone saxophone and William Karn also soloed on trombone on the uh, first tune. And on the second tune... Uh, Murphy or Murphy 's law, uh, Perry White once again on baritone saxophone, and Kevin Turcott on trumpet, and the people involved in this band, Tara Davidson on alto saxophone and other instruments, uh, Kelly Jefferson on tenor saxophone and soprano and clarinet, Perry White on baritone, as I mentioned, uh, Jason Logue on trumpet and flugelhorn, Kevin Turcott on trumpet and flugelhorn, William Carn, the co-leader, on trombone, um, Alex Duncan on bass trombone, Andrew Downing on bass, and Ernesto Cervini on drums. And Ernesto is going to be a big part of uh, our next album. Anyway, that's a wonderful album, nominated for uh, Jazz Album of uh, the Year group, and that is the Carn davidson Nine, Murphy. The final selection on our tribute to the Juno Awards is another great band called Turbo Prop, and that's led by drummer Ernesto Cervini. And uh, the people involved here, once again, Tara Davidson playing alto and soprano saxophones, and the great New York tenor saxophonist Joel Fromm, and William Karn, once again on trombone, uh, Adrian Ferrugia on piano, Dan Loomis on bass, and Ernesto Cervini on drums. And this is their latest album um, by Turboprop. It's called Rev. And we're going to hear uh, two tunes from Rev. The first one uh, was written by the pianist uh, Adrian Ferruggia, and it's called The Libertine. And the second tune is written by the leader of Turboprop, Ernesto Cervini, a very talented drummer and composer. And the second tune is entitled Granada Bus. So two albums from their, al- their uh, Turboprop's album, Rev. And we begin with The Libertine. pretty fine yeah Ernesto Cervini's turboprop that's the name of the band and this album is called Rev and we heard two tracks from this album the first one was in, um, composed by pianist Adrian Ferrugia, and it was called the Libertine and of course it featured uh, Adrian on piano and Joel Fromm on tenor saxophone and the second one uh, was written by the leader, Ernesto Cervini, and it was entitled Granada Bus, or Grenada Bus. And that featured solos by Tara Davidson on uh, soprano saxophones and Joel and um, Joel Fromm on tenor saxophone. And the other people involved in the band, uh, I mentioned Tara and Joel, uh, William Carn on trombone, Um, Adrian Ferrugia, of course, on piano, Dan Loomis on bass, and Ernesto Cervini on drums. And uh, this is their, I believe this is their third album, and this one has been nominated for a Juno Award. Um, The album is called Rev, and uh, it's up for Jazz Album of the Year. Group. So there you go. We heard a whole bunch of uh, albums that were nominated for the Juno Award. And, of course, we wish them all a great deal of success. There's uh, more uh, performers and artists and from all kinds of uh, music. It's going to be quite a week for uh, music here in little old Vancouver. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. Or, of course, on the web, www.citr.ca. And uh, we'll be back in a moment with some uh, closing tunes for this edition of The Jazz Show. My name's Gavin Walker, and as I said, we'll be back in a couple of seconds.
1: When you join Balloon Club, we guarantee that you will be able to make a balloon poodle within the first day. Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, It's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah blah, blah 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 blah. Explosions. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. we got all types of crazy s*** for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca.
0: Without the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. Here is some great music to close our program this evening. This is from a band called Eastern Rebellion, and it's led by the great pianist Cedar Walton. It features, this is the only album that was recorded with the great George Coleman, who is still very much alive and performing. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Corey Weeds is in New York right now, and he just um, uh, was not on a record with George Coleman, but he just produced an album, with George Coleman today. So George is still alive and well and playing, and one of the great voices of the tenor saxophone. Uh, He made some immortal records, of course, when he was part of uh, Miles Davis's band back in the 70s, in the 60s, I'm sorry. And uh, um, this album was uh, done in 1975. And Normally, the um, saxophone player with this band was uh, the great Chicago player, Clifford Jordan. But uh, George Coleman did this album, and uh, this is the only time he performed with this uh, wonderful rhythm section. Cedar Walton on piano, of course, uh, is the leader. Sam Jones on bass and the great Billy Higgins on drums, and of course, George Coleman on tenor saxophone. We're going to hear two tunes to take us out this evening. The first one is a Cedar Walton composition entitled Bolivia, and the second tune is a George Coleman composition called simply Five Four Thing. So here then is the band, Eastern Rebellion.
1: Do you want to do that? Do you want to do that? Do you want to do that? Do you want to do that?
0: And so ends another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. We heard on those two tunes a band called Eastern Rebellion. That was led by pianist Cedar Walton, and it featured Sam Jones on bass and the great Billy Higgins on drums and the incomparable George Coleman on tenor saxophone. Uh, The first tune was a Cedar Walton composition entitled Bolivia, And the second tune was written by saxophonist George Coleman, entitled Five Four Thing, Eastern Rebellion. What a great band. And this was the only album that was made um, with tenor saxophonist George Coleman. I wish they had made more. George, of course, is the only surviving member of this uh, illustrious quartet, and all of this was recorded in December of 1975 in New York City. I'd just like to thank you very much for being out there this evening. And on behalf of uh, CITR, FM 101.9, on your FM dial, and, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca, Next week, our jazz feature, as I mentioned before, is the famous town hall concert with the Thelonious Monk Quartet, then the Thelonious Monk Orchestra. And we'll hear the full concert next week on the jazz feature. And, of course, the jazz feature is always at the beginning of the show, and we start at 9 o'clock every Monday night, 9 o'clock in the evening every Monday night there you go. On behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, and The Jazz Show, take care and enjoy spring. It starts tomorrow at 9.15, from what I understand. Bye-bye. (laughs)
1: Ba-do-ba-dee-oo-doom-dee-doo-doo-wee <laughs> Ba-do-ba-dee-oo-doom-wee